Scala Radio presents Beethoven, The Basics, the podcast with Andy Bush. Hi, I'm Andy Bush, and thanks for downloading the second in our series of Beethoven, The Basics podcasts. These are bite-sized episodes based on the Scala Radio series of the same name. I've always wanted to get into classical music, but I've kind of been too scared about getting it wrong or being shouted at by someone. So I thought this journey to find out more about Beethoven could be the way to open the door to a deeper understanding. The first podcast looked at Ludwig's early years and family life. It was as mad as an EastEnders Christmas special. And in this episode, we explore his biggest musical influences. Episode 2, Beethoven's Musical Influences. Who was he into? Imagine Beethoven's hypothetical school rucksack, which composer's badge is on there as a sign of allegiance. It seems he was a fan of the big hitters. Here's cellist Matthew Barley. At the beginning of Beethoven's composing career, he really concentrated on uh, music for small groups of people. He waited quite a long time before writing his orchestral symphonies. And some of the greatest early works were trios for different combinations of three players and, um, and a lovely group of six string quartets. And for instance, in the string quartets, Haydn and Mozart had both left um, a very sort of clear way of ordering four movements. Um, a fast, a slow, a dancey one in three and another fast one. And, uh, and Beethoven copied that form exactly. So, a bit like a celebrity chef stating whose kitchens they've learned their trades in, it seems that the young Ludwig got all the essentials from Mozart and Haydn. Conductor Jonathan Hayward tells us a little bit more. The structure of Haydn and Mozart's music was a huge part of Beethoven's kind of base at where he started. You know, these kind of two strong symphonic pillars of the classical music world almost gave the platform for Beethoven to really develop what this form and structure was, what this traditional structure was. And without these two really important strong pillars, I don't know where Beethoven's uh, music would actually be today. Would it be as in-depth? Would it be as experimental? And that's something I always think about when studying Beethoven's music. Here's more from Scala Radio presenter and composer Jack Pepper. Mozart was one of the, the key influences on Beethoven. It's really interesting that uh, the composers that Beethoven rated most highly are the ones that we still rate highly today. You know, there are so many other composers whose names have sort of faded into oblivion, and yet Beethoven got it spot on. Compared to who we rate today, he named the same people, people like Handel, people like Bach, and people like Mozart. Certainly early on in Beethoven's life, Mozart was his favourite composer. He had a little portrait of Mozart in his room, and I suppose it's the craftsmanship of the pieces, the way they're structured, the way the melodies just pour forth from Mozart's pen. He was a tunesmith. So did that early fanboy Beethoven get to hang out with his idols? Clarinetist Julian Bliss tells us of a nearly moment. They met for the first time when Beethoven was about 17. Mozart, who was 14 years older than Beethoven, was not particularly thrilled to meet him. I don't think it was entirely personal, though. Anyway, 
After hearing him play, Mozart was suitably impressed and agreed to teach him. I can imagine that Beethoven was pretty excited about the chance to study with one of his idols. Unfortunately, it wasn't to be, and he was called back to Bonn to spend time with his very ill mother, and actually never got the chance to really study with Mozart. But the influences are clearly there. Do you know what? I love these weird meetings you get in history. Those black and white photos of two people that you can't normally imagine being in the same room shaking hands. Or two forceful worlds colliding, like Muhammad Ali meeting the Beatles, or Elvis posing for a photo with Richard Nixon and being inducted into the FBI. Do you remember that? So we've already learned what a big influence Mozart had on the young Beethoven's development, but I still feel slightly gutted that they never got to work together, as life once again threw Beethoven a curveball. On the way, we'll find out about a composer that he did get to learn from, the mighty Haydn. He wrote a cool 104 symphonies in total. No biggie. Beethoven's teacher, father figure, disciplinarian, inspiration. But how influential was he as a person and composer? Here's conductor Karen Hendrickson. Beethoven studied with Haydn and most of his studies were based around exercises in strict counterpoint, which Beethoven actually really, really disliked. In fact, during the time he was studying with Haydn, um, Haydn wanted Beethoven to put on any score that he might produce, pupil of Haydn. And uh, Beethoven refused, actually, because he felt that he was learning nothing that was influencing his compositional style. That being said, I think, you know, the idea that Beethoven, obviously, when you study with a teacher, you do infuse some of that teacher's temperament of compositional style. Is it bad that I'm thinking Karate Kid and Mr. Miyagi here? You know, the old wax on, wax off thing? Making Daniel paint the fence with those brushstroke movements? Daniel hating every minute of it, but secretly it was all teaching him the essentials of martial arts? I mean, don't judge me, but Haydn is so Mr. Miyagi. His clarinetist, Julian Bliss. Beethoven was known for being a little bit difficult. He had arguments with lots of his peers including his own teacher Haydn. He always had some hard feelings towards Haydn. Apparently Beethoven said something along the lines of that although he had some instruction from Haydn, he actually hadn't learned anything from him. Despite the tiffs, they both had great respect for each other. Haydn admired Beethoven's works and Beethoven said that Haydn was equal to Mozart. High praise indeed. So here we've got the classic apprentice versus master tension, the driving force behind any great coming-of-age story. You know, like that feeling you get when you first beat your dad at table tennis on holiday. Everything changes. You've got him. Mark Elder crystallises their curious relationship. He knew that Haydn had a lot to give him, and he admired Haydn's music very much. He admired him as a figurehead. But in the end, years later, he, he denied any influence. He said, no, I learned nothing from Haydn at all. I used to show him my exercises and he wouldn't even notice when they were bad. I knew they were bad, but he didn't seem to care. And I think he was a little bit disappointed that Haydn didn't have a greater influence on him. But it was important that he knew him, that he learnt to love him. Scala Radio presents... 
Beethoven, The Basics. The podcast with Andy Bush. I'm Andy Bush. You are listening to Beethoven, The Basics, trying to find out more about the great composer who turns 250 this year. Imagine me as your Louis Theroux, making confused looks to camera as we witness the twists and turns of Beethoven's early life. In terms of influences, this is where we're at. He loved Mozart and nearly got to work with him, but his mother's untimely illness ended that pipe dream and Haydn was his teacher. He probably learned more from him than he'd ever let on, but was too pig-headed to ever admit it. It's this relationship between poster idol and draconian taskmaster that makes these two characters so essential to the musical DNA of Beethoven himself. Here's Karen Hendrickson on the importance of Mozart and Haydn. I think Beethoven as a young composer, what he really benefited from was picking up in the timeline of compositional style from Mozart and Haydn. So in this classical period of Mozart and Haydn, structure was becoming a bit clearer. You had the development of a very fixed sonata form, which basically was just an architecture that composers showed their compositional skill in. And uh, this allowed Beethoven to really begin exploring his own voice and his own style as he would kind of progress into his older adult compositional years. Scala Radio's very own Jack Pepper tells us a little bit more. It's interesting that later in life, Mozart was still very much up there in Beethoven's estimation of other composers. But uh, when he was asked, who's your favourite composer of all time? Beethoven came to say, Handel. He really admired the fact that Handel would take a simple idea at the beginning of his piece and then weave tons of material from that initial very simple idea so you could hear a piece of music that was several minutes long but all of those minutes have been spun from the initial few seconds of music and you hear that in Beethoven's music think of the the fifth symphony where you hear that dun 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 that rhythm comes back again and again and again in the seconds that follow that opening statement and in, well, the the many tens of minutes that follow as well. So Beethoven really admired Handel's ability to make a lot from a little, to start with a small idea and then weave lots of material off the back of that. An extract of the famous first movement of Beethoven's Fifth Symphony, played there by the London Philharmonic Orchestra. Find out more about the LPO's work and recordings at lpo.org.uk. Thanks again for downloading this podcast of Beethoven The Basics. In episode three, we're getting to grips with some of his early works, from his piano concerto number zero, It's a Thing, to his first symphony. If you enjoyed this, please rate, review and subscribe. And if you'd like to find out more about classical music, Scala Radio's a great place to start. They're a nice, friendly, approachable classical radio station, not one of the snooty ones that roll their eyes if you get a name wrong. Nah, Scala are sound. You can also immerse yourself in complete classical works in Sunday Night Scala, where we bring a concert directly to your door. Find out more at scalaradio.co.uk. 
Sound.